Bilingual in America. Tunei Aloha fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Yarina Sansiung, and this is Bilingual in America. Hi, I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm going to start today's episode with three interesting statistics. One, the United States has more immigrants than any other country in the world. Two, recent studies show that 40 million people living in the United States were born in another country. And three, immigrants today account for 13.7% of the United States population. With this in mind, today you will hear co-host Yarina Sension in conversation with Michelle Gaceres. Michelle graduated from Syracuse University and has been an ENL, English as a New Language teacher, for the past five years. Let's listen in to hear about her dad's journey to the United States and the life he and his wife have made in the United States over the past 35 years. Michelle Caceres, welcome to our episode today. I'm so happy to welcome you. Tell me, what is your family's migration story? My parents both took different trips. My dad came in 1985 and my mom came in 1988. My dad's and my mom's story are different because of the length of time it took them. You know, different amount of people that were on their trip with the coyote and just different struggles. You know, but still they had the same hope on their migration story and the same fears. So my dad, he said that he, they had to take a plane from Peru to Mexico. And I don't know like specific cities or whatnot, but they definitely had to take a plane. And they, they had had meetings before in Peru with the coyote and what's gonna happen. And if there's anyone that wants to back out, you know, that they go now. So they meet all these people, like they don't really know anybody. They go to Mexico and what's supposed to be for my dad an overnight trip, right? When you literally cross the border, overnight it turned out to be like three days for him and that was the hard part and now that I'm like rephrasing it how much hardship my dad had to go through for him to be where he is at now is incredible so I'll say some details to it that I think are very powerful so they went out at night or like late afternoon kind of um, into these fields with like really tall grass and the group had to stop because the coyote couldn't see where he was going because there was fog. And the fog, I mean, it left them, they couldn't see anything. So they're like, we have to stop here. And at that time, they can hear the helicopters flying high in the sky. And so they had to stand and sit still, cover themselves with the you know, tall grass or and just stay there for the night. One, they couldn't see, so they couldn't move anywhere. The coyote had no direction of where he was going. And so they stayed there for the night until the morning. So that had already added on 
just another layer of hardship because again it was supposed to be an overnight thing so then my dad describes about getting over some hill and down the hill there is a school bus like waiting for them and then the driver of the school bus gets out to like go get some coffee but then the driver doesn't pay for his coffee and the waitress comes running outside and then he she notices all these people running down the hill to get into the bus and then it come becomes this whole fiasco right the police come my dad doesn't decide to run down the hill and he decides to stay up he decided to say go back up the hill and he finds other people and they all hide like in a bush so they have to wait a whole other day and just hiding in the bush and my dad actually described to me also like he hears horses and the police like on the horses and my dad remembers the coyotes telling them prepping them before you know whatever they tell you whatever they say do not come out for any reason because they're, they want to trick them right if they want to the police want to make believe that they're other that they are also part of the group right just because you only hear the voice you know it might trick the people who are migrating you know to come out of their hiding spot so for nothing he didn't move for anything right and they stay there in the bushes and they couldn't move and at that point it had already been like a day without food without water I kind of have the timeline out of you know out of order because okay. I don't know how many at what else happens but um, another day passes I think they must have moved to another part of like the land that they were at and then they end up crossing the border but you know this was already like two days let's say that like without food or water when they end up crossing the border they go to some I think it was a motel or like a house and at the motel they can't go anywhere they stay there and you know some people part of the group they're not following the rules that the coyotes are telling them so there's tons of people in this room in a motel and if anyone messes up you can get caught and it detriments the whole purpose of what you're trying to do right right so I think once so my dad tells me he he was like in the motel room or something and some ladies they had decided to go out and I don't know explore the place that they were in and then the hotel managers like banging on the door like who's there who's there like how are there tons of people in here right because I think they're maybe like 20 minutes from the border or you know somewhere close by where you know the community you know is realized realizes some things like around that time period where like these groups of people that are trying to get over the border right but they're illegal so you know these ladies almost cost them like their whole journey right because you get caught you get sent back right and then you have to cross the border again the same fears the same everything my dad felt fear because he didn't want to have to go back and do this again he had already gone you know a couple days with no water no food and luckily the coyote was there to like calm things down he was like no 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 there's a party here you know nothing to worry about there was a party here last night like nothing to worry about whatever so in the second my in my dad's in a second everyone ran out and they told them to go into like different deli stores you know and it's so interesting to me then he's describing to me after like you know they go into the different deli stores as groups or you know individuals and then 
it's like he's like and then a car comes or like a van and they start asking around like you know who's coming with it's like the same part of the group even though there's no phones no communication everyone's in different parts of like the street or whatever but like they still have to come together to complete their journey which is incredible of how they have that type of communication and like people knowing what they need to do you know mm-hmm. so that had happened I think after they must have reached like some type of a home or something some type of house which my mom also said she had gone to and they had to sleep like right next to each other like my dad describes it like fish next to each other you know like staying overnight there's no room he also told me at some part of his journey I think he did end up going into a van like a small van and piled and everyone piled on top of each other and there was a huge tarp thrown over them and trash I think it was some type of I don't know maybe some type of like truck garbage driver you know driving this this truck or whatnot and at that point he was scared because he felt so enclosed with all these people but he never let go of what the goal was I can't even imagine (laughs) yeah the range of feelings that he must have had from hope to fear yeah to Mm -hmm. I mean constantly it was constant and all because of like what thought was going to be an overnight trip which my mom's was like an overnight trip, you know, it ended up having prolonged and so many situations got in the way, like so many events, right, got in the way of them just crossing over. Not that that was easy in itself, but like, you know, it just lasted way so long and days without food and water. So that was something that I just remembered from his journey, from what he was telling me. But they end up getting to like some house and they end up getting served finally, like, food like you know a little sandwich and everyone didn't want that first they wanted water to begin with because there's like blisters already forming in your mouth from from being dehydrated so I think at that point everyone just like chugged water chugged water chugged water and then everyone just ends up at at the diff uh, wherever they go and um and yeah he flies over to New York and there has there had at this point there had already been some of his sibling older siblings that had made the trip, you know there were people in New York already waiting for him. As I'm yeah. listening to you tell this story, I just don't know if I've, I would have been that courageous. I know to do that just in the hopes yep. of a better, mm-hmm. a little bit of a mm-hmm. better life. Yeah, it's just amazing. Let's fast forward a little bit and and then they come here mm-hmm. and. They build a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- tell me a little bit about yeah. what they built. Yeah, so um, my mom came here a few years later. Um, so her, where my dad's trip was, he said it was like maybe almost two weeks. My mom's trip was like maybe less than a week, like five days or so. And they came here again for the American dream. Like it's what they said was the land of opportunities. And there was nothing for them in Peru. College was extremely competitive to get into you need money one they did not have that kind of money and it's just amazing like they knew they could not build a family there you know in the streets of Peru they couldn't and the only opportunity was to come to America and take that risk of losing your life essentially my dad said is like what's the worst gonna happen you're gonna die but you die trying right you have to get there Mm. he 
to him, everyone who stayed in Peru, for him it was just like, there's nothing there for you. What is there? You know, everything is here. So they come here and they didn't know the language. They didn't know anything about this place. And they literally built it from like zero dollars. Built everything they had from zero dollars. My mom had the opportunity, she started as a cleaning lady, and she actually had the opportunity to go to school. And you had to be legal, you know, to get a, to right. get a degree. Right. So while my, my, and she did this with three kids. <laughs> my youngest, or sorry, my younger sister was maybe a year or two. I was two years older than her, four or five. My older sister was like ten. And she did it, and I remember going to her college classes. She did not have a babysitter. And I asked her, well, why did, what made you, you know, want to get a degree? Because that wasn't on your mind at the time. You just wanted to be here at least, you know, build a family. She was like, well, I didn't want to be a cleaning lady anymore. You know, what was I going to do with that? And she got her bachelor's in three years, you know, and that's amazing. It's crazy. And my dad, with no English and he literally waited on around the corner from here there's you know people who wait on the street and wait to get picked up to work to work right. you know any laborious job construction whatever and he used to stand out there and wait to be picked up and it's like that's your day you either get picked up or you don't you know and you make some money or you don't right and he worked from six to six here you know where he moved to Fast forward, and he's a now a proud small business owner of two small businesses. His dad was a carpenter, so it gave him a lot of skill to create his own own home improvement business. And I I, I say those things because I'm literally so proud of that. You know, mm. like he is a small business owner. He has his own home improvement business, and he has a restaurant. Wow! And it's amazing. He's very busy. It's stressful, but it's he rather do everything than do nothing. Mm. And his mentality has always been work, 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 work. For his kids, it's always education, education, education. Get your education first. And I'm fortunate to say work was not a priority for me like, you know, in high school. You know, I didn't have to work. And my parents were able to support me with that so I can focus on my studies. They always said, tienes que estudiar primero. Primero los estudios. Everything else comes later, right? Right. High school was, your dream was like, you know, my kids are going to go through high school. That's obligatory. And you're going to go straight to college. Mm -hmm. And they put three, three girls through college. And, and my brother's going to go to college next year. You beautiful. Know? And it's beautiful because all of those degrees are literally for them. Like, that's theirs. I know I can never be like half half the person that they are, but it's constantly, it's, and directly they're not telling me everything that they've done. You know, they know that. Mm -hmm. My dad, he might not say he loves me directly, but he's done all these things to show me that he loves me. You know, he's done all these things for me. And I'm so, I'm just so proud of them. It's amazing. I, I can't give up on anything they didn't give up on us when they didn't even know us, right? Right. Before, before we were, before we were anything, 
they literally they gave it all to us and it's amazing it's emotional you it, know it is emotional <laughs> and it's such a beautiful story yeah. of amazing courage and mm -hmm. hope so now let me ask you because now you, yeah you are an english as a second language teacher mm -hmm. yeah. what inspired you to here you have your choice because your mm -hmm. family instilled education yeah. mm -hmm. and, and really to follow your dreams mm -hmm. so tell me what inspired you to choose that as yes. your path mm -hmm. Well, teaching to begin with, my dad always told me, like, teaching was in my blood, you know, and he says in that way, it's in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather, his father was a teacher, and where we juggle small groups or at those times in Peru, teachers were handling 50, 60 kids in a room. So he was el prof profesor Cáceres, right, of, like, the town, basically, and it was, like, multiple grades. Mm. in a group in a in a class so like that one room schoolhouse idea. basically yeah mm -hmm. and a couple of my aunts were teachers and tutors so like naturally I just kind of gravitated towards it I loved showing a child what they could do and what actually led me towards ESL was this idea of being a bicultural person like individual in my case I was Peruvian American. I was in the space of America, but my home was everything from another country, everything Peru, you know? Mm -hmm. Like all the foods, all the decorations, uh, the, the, the home decor, you know, just the upbringing, the morals, like all of that, right, was from my parents who immigrated here. And what I wanted to bring to the students here even though I was born here, there are many other students maybe struggling that could be possibly struggling with like their identity and trying to assimilate into, you know, well, I'm not completely like American, right? Because I have two cultures that I'm so proud of and that, li that represent all of me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help other families and students bridge that gap into merging both cultures into one essentially yeah i, I mm -hmm. think what you're saying is so important mm -hmm. and and you're right when we come with our our story our culture our language mm -hmm. our traditions wanting to embrace mm -hmm. also our new life you mm -hmm. know finding that mm -hmm. that balance it's so Definitely. important mm -hmm. Michelle, let me ask you our hashtag mm -hmm. is speak your beauty yes and i I always am curious to all the different ways that our guests speak their beauty. So how would you say you speak your beauty? I think I speak my beauty through, you know, my teaching craft. Because not only do I have a passion for it, but it's in my family to be educators. And not, not so much just, you know, being an actual teacher like Mr. or Mrs., but anyone's a teacher in life, and that's something I took from my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad, he's not in the classroom, but he considers himself a teacher. He is an owner of a, a, a home improvement business, and he has to teach other other people you know, how to do his work, how to do his craft. So the teaching craft may not just be like in the classroom, but just like in general. So I think I share, I show my beauty in that way that like I'm representing also my father who, who knows how to show people how to do things. And I love that. I have that passion. He has that passion to show 
everyone what he can do. And he's shown us, you know, how to be a teacher, an educator, and educate other people of his work. I, I know how to pick out sheetrock from Home Depot because he taught me. Or I know how to lay out cement and how to paint because of him. Right. So I show my beauty in that way. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, Michelle, thank you so much yes. for spending this time with mm-hmm. me and sharing such a vulnerable but real story, mm-hmm. you know, that I think people don't ever get to experience. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for your time. I thank you for sharing mm-hmm. and speaking your beauty. Yeah. And uh, adelante. While Michelle's father's journey differs from that of my great-grandfather, who made his way from Russia to Germany, arriving in New York by boat in 1900, and even that of Yarina's, who came with her family by plane in the 70s. All three are examples of the thousands who have left the comfort of home in search of economic opportunity, encounter political freedom, or experience religious freedom. Author Amada Irma Perez believes that the immigrant experience is strengthened by telling these stories and that through these stories, each generation of new arrivals to the U.S., no matter what the country of origin, finds the strength to thrive and keep memories and culture alive. Bilingual in America's goal is to celebrate the beauty, joy, and strength of being bilingual. Michelle's father's journey and the hard work he put into building a life for his family exemplifies just that. Each story we share represents a thread in the tapestry that weaves together our richly diverse country. Until next time, speak your beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm Bilingual in America and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback. Follow us, like us, share us.